0: You're listening to Veg Your Best. There has never been a more important time to be vegan. At Veg Your Best, I want to help you. I want to help you limit and eliminate the consumption of animal products without feeling deprived, overwhelmed, or unsupported, even if no one you know is vegan. My name's Michelle Olander. I'm a life coach. And I know that if I could go vegan in my 50s, with all my excuses, I know you can start moving in that direction too. Veg your best and there's nothing you can't do. Episode 128, Lapsed Vegans. Welcome back, your Besties. Welcome back. Or if you're new here and you've recently learned about me, maybe, maybe from another podcast. Thank you. Thanks for stopping by. In the last couple of weeks, I have been lucky enough to be on two UK podcasts. Maybe it's a little more than a couple of weeks, but recently, uh, two of them, How to Vegan with Matt and Wes, and the Bloody Vegans podcast, another great name. You know what you're getting, right? The Bloody Vegans podcast is with Jim Moore, and they were really great experiences. And I hope um, that uh, if those are new podcasts for you, one of my listeners, please check them out. You're going to love them. You know, one of the things I hear all the time is how many people used to be vegan. People love telling me that. They love it. They will find out that I'm vegan. I mean, in real life, people will find out I'm vegan and say, oh, you know what? You know what? I was vegan for like three years or a decade or 18 months, all different uh, periods of time. I was a vegan and I never felt better. I just couldn't keep it up. There was a wedding. Maybe there was a vacation. Maybe there was a, a social outing and it was impossible. Um, I often hear, oh, it's just too socially isolating. And, you know, because I'm now a professional vegan (laughs) and uh, I'm used to just asking people things, I want to ask them, Okay, okay, I see what you're saying. So are you vegan the rest of the time when it's not hard? Are you vegan at home, but maybe not when you're invited out or not at events? And so far, so far, no one has said yes to that. They usually just say something like, no, 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 it was just not sustainable for me. And it's not like you eat a lot of meat, but no. And I wanted to talk today about these lapsed vegans. I want to talk about the concept of lapsed vegans and how it relates to something in brain science, something in um, psychology. It's called the peak end rule, peak, P-E-A-K. The peak end rule is um, talked about in in a really great book by Daniel Kahneman, called Thinking Fast and Slow. Thinking Fast and Slow. And it's it's an examination, for want of a better explanation, an examination of how we humans really do not think all that rationally. We don't, not really at all. And we've talked about heuristics, uh, H-E-U-R-I-S-T, T-I-C-S, heuristics. We've talked about those in the past here on, uh, on certain episodes. And heuristics is just, it's a fancy word, and you should use it at your next social engagement. They are cognitive shortcuts. They are fast ways to make decisions based on a kind of rule of thumb that we have developed. And this research comes out of the field of behavioral economics. And that field is dedicated to try and understand if we think humans should choose things rationally in their best interest, why so often do we not? We don't. We don't make decisions in our best interest so often. And I think this is such a fascinating field. And in this situation, I do think it sheds some light on the subject of lapsed vegans, former vegans. Now one of these heuristics is called the peak end rule. And I'm going to read the quote here. The peak end rule is a psychological heuristic in which people judge and experience largely based on how they felt at its peak, that is its most intense point, and at its end rather than based on the total sum or the average of every moment of the experience. So, if we have a something we've been doing for a period of time, our memory will probably privilege how it felt at its most intense and at the end when we're thinking about it. And since negative experiences are typically more intense, more memorable than happy or pleasurable experiences, When people stop practicing a vegan lifestyle, or actually anything else for that matter, when they stop, they're likely to remember the peak negative or the difficult or unpleasant moments when they were making vegan choices. And the end rule, well, that means there was an end. And if you are no longer doing that thing that had an end, it's probably... It's probably because it didn't go that well. (laughs) It's probably because there was a day when you said, forget it. I'm just going to eat this. Or you said, forget it. This is just not happening. And you had your reason. You had your reason why it was just not possible for you. I'm not going to ever judge that. Uh, You had a reason why it just couldn't happen for you at that moment, and you don't And if you don't deliberately, if you don't consciously, intentionally get back to that habit, if you don't get back to making those choices, then that peak end rule comes into effect. And it's why your memory will tend to be distorted about that subject going forward. So for example, back to those people I mentioned above, one who said he'd been vegan for 18 months best he ever felt in his life and wasn't doing that anymore because it was too socially isolating. Uh, What about that woman who said she'd been vegan for a couple of years and couldn't keep it up? Neither one. Neither one said that they had a nutritional reason or an issue where they felt that they had to incorporate animal products into their lifestyles for health or comfort or even accessibility. In both these conversations... When I asked about their experiences during the time that they were uh, choosing vegan choices or primarily making vegan choices, both of the folks said yes, that they liked it, that it was good, that they felt good, and that they thought they were doing good. One of them, the woman, had significantly positive health benefits from the process, and the other one said that he felt so glad that he wasn't supporting animal cruelty. But yet, That's not what they're doing now. Because the peak end rule, the peak end rule is in effect, and they've been recreating the memory of their vegan practice. They've been recreating their memory of that time, but they've been emphasizing on the peak negative parts. And when they had trouble getting what they wanted, and when they weren't feeling good about the choices that they had or the people they were dealing with and they were feeling vulnerable to criticism and they had some unpleasantness and once they made those non-vegan choices for whatever reason that negativity really anchored their memory. That negativity really anchored the memory of what they were doing even though in both cases they told me it had been a great experience. This is what fascinates me. It really does. Not that they made a non-vegan choice or even a series of non-vegan choices in some situation, but that then their brains just dropped all the positive evidence, all the good reasons to keep that vegan practice or get back to it, and that they now remembered it as essentially uh, essentially unsustainable too hard, too isolating. And so they went back to their lifestyle, their previous lifestyle, of not concerning themselves much with what they're buying or consuming. Because at the end, at the end, they had the peak that was unpleasant, and at the end, it was a situation that felt just difficult. And because of this, our brains start to give extra weight to those parts of the memory. And you know, you know, we re-engage with memories every single time we think of them. And for most of us in a similar position, that is the part of the memory that we would continue to re-engage with. The idea of, yeah, I couldn't keep it up. It was too hard. I felt so isolated. And completely just glossing over, dismissing all the time that it did go well, and they were doing it well, and they did feel happy about it. Now, most of us have seen this in other parts of our lives, for sure, right? Relationships and jobs and sports, things that if it ends badly, really, that's the part we remember. That's what we color the memory with. And thoughtful teachers know this. You know, thoughtful teachers will know that if there's some real tough feedback to be given, the ending, the last bit of feedback should always be positive. Always. Uh, A decent employer knows this. Otherwise, students lose enthusiasm for their classes. Otherwise, employees lose enthusiasm for their positions. The memory of many a restaurant dinner has been ruined, right, by the last few minutes gone wrong. You know, Bermuda right? Have you ever heard me mention Bermuda on this podcast? Never. And never. And that's because I got some bad news once when I was in Bermuda a long time ago. And I have no interest in ever, ever, ever going there again. Ever. Nothing to do with Bermuda. But that phone call and Bermuda are two indelibly fused synapses. I think that might be a mixed metaphor. Uh, indelibly fused. Maybe, maybe those don't go together, but they're together. They're, I don't like giving Charlie extra things to edit, so we're just going to go with it. But bad news and Bermuda, that's the peak end rule. It's not rational to think that Bermuda had anything to do with that moment when I was very upset, but there it is, not going back. Vegan same way, vegan for months and months maybe years, and maybe you don't make vegan choices during a vacation or you feel ah uh, you feel too awkward about insisting on vegan options in front of somebody or on a business trip or I mean even in bermuda <laughs> and it's and it could be a real slog at, at one moment or another, it could be a really unpleasant situation, and if you're feeling really aggrieved or defeated or unsupported or confused, you might just give up. You might. And not just in that situation. You might just throw that baby out with the bathwater. And honestly, right? That's, that's, the, that's the metaphor. That is when you do something, it makes no sense. It makes no real sense that if you're having a positive experience uh, as a vegan or as uh, someone who's eating plant-based, that you would completely stop it at that point. Because rationally, all it means is that in a certain set of situations, uh, you didn't have the access or the support or the focus or the knowledge. You didn't have something you needed, some ability to make a comfortable vegan choice. But instead, instead, there's this all or nothing thing that kicks in. If something's important or valuable or if it's been positive, it happens. That's the all or nothing It's so irrational, all or nothing. For example, if something is so important or valuable or has been positive, why would you choose nothing? All the great choices, all the great choices you made, all the times it was working, all the strategies you did develop to limit or eliminate the consumption of animal products, all the parts of it that worked, and now they're in danger, They're in danger of being quickly swept away in your memory, forgotten. Do you need another analogy? Uh, How about this one? It's that old get back in the saddle. Get right back in the saddle. Get back to making the next best choice. This is the way of doing an end run around that peak end rule. At the earliest opportunity... You want to understand that if you leave that memory, that negative memory where it is, of where you couldn't do something, that memory of feeling awkward or skeevy, that memory of your companions not being on board, if that's your last memory of your vegan practice or your whole food plant-based diet or anything else that you've wanted to do, you want to do something small to get on board with it again. Otherwise, it becomes disproportionately powerful in your memory. I remember, uh, here's another one, it's not just Bermuda. (laughs) I remember at one point in my life, I didn't do yoga for a really long time because I had a very sore, weak wrist. And uh, variously, that wrist was diagnosed as carpal tunnel and rheumatoid arthritis and a couple of other things I can barely even remember. I was told it should be operated on. Long story short, it's absolutely fine now. gives me no trouble. But anyway, I was enjoying yoga for a long time, and they ended up being, after one particular class, in a lot of pain. And I left that class, and I never went back to yoga for years, years even though even though i actually knew there were dozens of modifications possible there were all kinds of uh ways of doing uh the yoga practice without uh putting pressure on the wrist in certain ways and that and that i knew the instructors i knew they would happily help me uh and it wasn't it wasn't some sort of strange unusual issue but no no in my brain my memory quickly went to yeah, yoga, it's too hard on my wrists. And in that, all my many positive memories of yoga just really, just really fizzled. It was gone. My brain took all those memories and turned them into, yeah, but yoga's too hard on my wrists. This is how our lives get smaller. This is how our lives go off track For no real reason. This is why we start to think, Ah, yeah, I'm no good at algebra. I'm not good at languages. I'm not good at art. I can't wear certain colors. I can't change jobs. I have trouble talking to my mother-in-law. I can't go back to school. Our brains just play these tricks on us based on kind of an intense memory or the last memory we had. The peak end rule, and you can look that up. And I, Thinking Fast and Slow, is a fantastic book by Daniel Kahneman, and uh, you should definitely look at that if you're interested in things like heuristics and how um, how our behavior um, guides our psychology, guides our behavior. Our brains play tricks on us. Our memories are just not all that dispassionately accurate. Our memories serve us up first. The evidence of what we have started to really believe. And they just keep reinforcing that story unless we make a deliberate choice to notice where our story, where our memory is incomplete. It's not that you completely lose those memories. You just don't reinforce them. So you have to make a certain effort to mine your brain, M-I-N-E, mine your brain, for that buried information because it just keeps getting a sediment, a layer of these automatic thoughts. So if you're a practicing vegan or making plant-based choices, and then you have a couple of days or weeks where it's, uh, it's proven to be either hard or impossible for you to do what you thought you had wanted to do, it's not like algebra. It's not like when your math teacher calls your mom to say, yeah, Michelle's been kind of discouraged in math class right now, and she's having trouble with this recent unit, so I want her to come in during study hall, and we're going to back up to last chapter when she was doing really well, and we're going to see where the problem is. No, it's not like that at all. It's not like when you fall off your bike and everyone you know says, okay, okay, but as soon as you're checked out, you'll get back on and you'll ride the bike again. No. When you fall off the proverbial vegan wagon, most people just will say, everyone, in fact, around you, if you're like me, will say, I see, it's impossible. Or they'll say, see, I knew you couldn't do it. Or at least you'll think that's what they're saying. Or they'll say, see, what a dumb idea. Welcome back to our team where we don't think about those negative things anymore and you can just go unconscious too. Chances are, If you go through a vegan fail, if you go through a plant-based lapse, most non-vegans are going to be either completely uninterested, vindicated, or mildly relieved. And unfortunately, even some vegans will be critical and unsympathetic when you mess up. Not most, not most, I don't think, but some. And I know how scary that can feel. So that is why I'm here doing this and showing up every week. This is for every lapsed vegan. I want to help you get back on that bike, back in that saddle, back on that yoga mat. Maybe not Bermuda, that might be too much. But your memory, your memory is an unreliable narrator. Unless you have developed the practice of asking specific questions and questioning all those pat answers it starts to come up with to justify what you've been doing. Deep down, you know you can do it. And if you know that you want to, but your memory's been serving up a lot of thoughts about how you couldn't and how people judge and that you don't have the support and it's the wrong time, if, if that's coming up for you, remember you have me have me and a host of vegans that I try to bring you every week that I try to connect you with on Instagram. You have support. And if you know that there has never been a more important time to be vegan, but you've had trouble. That's what I do. I help you build your vegan practice. And all it takes is practice. I would love to help you. I'd love to help you or someone you know who's been struggling to veg their best. See you next week, kids. Veg Your Best podcast production, music, and editing by Charlie Weinshank. Thanks, Charlie. Before you go, it would mean so much to me and the Veg Your Best team if you would hit subscribe, leave us a five-star review, or share with someone you think might be interested something about algorithms it helps bump us up a little in the rankings and that's the best way to help others find the podcast and for us to find our audience so until next week make it easy and veg your best